Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Retro Anime Podcast. I'm your host Ian and as always I'm here with Lewis. Hey Lewis. Hello, how are we doing? We're doing well. And we have a very rare chance where we're actually recording together in the same country. Yes, exactly. Yeah, We're in two different parts of the house and <laughs> we, we debated whether we were going to record it in the same room uh, talking at each other. But we decided it would probably be best if we had two separate audio tracks. So one of us is in the living room, the other is in the utility room. It's a it's a professional setup for episode 32, 33? 33. 33. 33. We're doing well. This is our third podcast of the year and it's uh, only mid-April. So um, yeah, you're lucky. quite well this year. <laughs> Count your blessings, guys. <laughs> Before we get into today's content, um, do want to... You know, report the the very sad death of Leiji Matsumoto um, a couple of months ago. We reviewed the Cockpit OVA, which was based on one of Matsumoto's uh, manga back in episode twenty three, um, which we you know was a very interesting discussion. It's a very interesting mm. OVA. Please go back and have a listen to that review, um, and please do go and watch it. So, you know, one of these things, the uh, the sad passing of the legend. Mm. Um, of the industry, really. So um, we haven't really covered much of his work on here, and I think at some point in the future we'll definitely um, go back and give it the homage. Yeah, I think you know I'd, I'd like to uh, look at Arcadia of My Youth, the, the Captain Harlock film. I think that'd be a good one to review. And there's some other of some uh, OVAs and stuff that are based on his work that I think uh, at some point we'll definitely mm. seek out and uh, and review because uh, I think they could uh, provide some good podcast uh, content so um today we are looking at a couple of uh slightly unusual films i would say two kind of common themes that run through them so we're reviewing roman for angels of hell which is from another legend of the anime industry asamu tezuka and then the really much more obscure penguin's memory a tale of happiness um which there's a bit of a tale why we kind of reviewing that film, which uh, um, we'll get into when, when we come to that review. Um, so both of these films kind of essentially war films and the main characters are animals, you know. Um, mm. So it was just like when I watched them, it was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of they're kind of those curios of um, anime. And I thought, actually, these would probably go well together, you know, as a as a podcast episode. Um, so we'll jump right into it. First review today is Bremen 4, uh, Angels in Hell. Um, its Japanese title is Bremen 4. Jigoku Nakai no Tenshi Tachi. 
There you go. There is your pronunciation. It is much, much. I mean, much that might also be that. wrong, but <laughs> no, it sounded about right. So, <laughs> um, so this was the fourth of the Tezuka Pro TV specials produced for MTV's annual twenty-four hour TV program Iwa Chikyu Osukyu, uh, which translates as "Love Saves the Earth." I'm not going to let you have all the glory with the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was released on August 1981 and, as I said, directed by Asami Tezuka and Hiroshi Sakagawa and produced by Suzuka Productions and Greenbox. It's based on the German fairy tale The Band of Bremen, published by the Brothers Grimm. And it's one of those stories that has been adapted lots and lots of times for the stage and screen. It's a, it's a very uh, old, kind of embedded uh, fairy tale. No official release of this uh, in the West, but there is a fan sub available from Orphan Fan Subs, where you know if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know um, they provide a good source for you know a lot of the content we watch um, mm-hmm. that isn't available. So, uh, brief synopsis: of the story. The story concerns four animals fighting to expel war from the earth, based on the Band of Bremen. Asamo Tezuka's fans could easily associate the story with The Amazing Three, the cat, the dog, the donkey and the chicken, who transform into human beings with the power of spacemen and fight to save the Earth, are entirely reminiscent of the characters in The Amazing Three who transform themselves into animals and devote all their energies to saving Earth. So, there's the background and synopsis. Lou, what did you think of this? Boah, Christ. I mean, there's a lot of twists and turns in this um mm. more so than an m Night Shyamalan movie um <laughs> it is a, an incredibly interesting kind of mix of animation yeah um it's it's uncomfortable to watch <laughs> it's, yeah it's, yeah it's, it's uncomfortable to watch it's it's not um and i don't know ex- i can't pinpoint exactly why and i think that it might be like what you mentioned um there's like that shift in what yeah. you're witnessing and what you're witnessing, I guess you're 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 taken on this journey and you're given a lot of like I guess expositional information. Yeah, because this film has the some of the most severe tonal whiplash. Yeah, tonal whiplash. You get a lot of expositional uh, information um, yeah. in the opening scenes where there's this alien approaching Earth. Um, they're questionably dressed and they're yeah. changing their form to become human to better fit in yeah but it's almost like all of the information you're given is just it just doesn't matter like <laughs> it's <laughs> you're taking on a journey that you just like oh okay we're changing oh okay we're changing and you, I, had, yeah. I had several several questions about how things progressed and i had very like and i was often thinking but in fairness to it after about the third time asking where are we going with this they went ahead and, and went somewhere with it so <laughs> Yeah, it was it was an odd one. I wouldn't say up there in terms of one of my favourites we've watched, but definitely a, a memorable watch. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, and I'm not sure for quite the right or wrong reasons mm. necessarily yeah. in this film. Because um, as a film, I think it's actually quite well written and directed and produced. Yeah, it's you know it's a well paced, tight ninety minutes of story. And I think the character development, you know, with the alien 
who's in it, who's who's kind of like a catalyst for the story, um, and that's the purpose. Yeah, she serves, and then these characters kind of grow and develop, um, and they've all kind of got their own arc within the story. Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, it is just you know a basic story of good overcoming evil evil in yeah. the face of adversity yeah i mean that's it's very very simplistic in that respect but yeah. i enjoyed it but as i said some of the tonal whiplash because fundamentally you've got this they're nazis let's yeah you know, yeah they're, they're, they're like, like evil incarnate evil incarnate yeah. like everything in the late 70s a bit like Gundam. you know the bad guys are nazis yeah um and uh, put the arm's length between us and, and Imperial Japan. That wasn't yes. us. I don't know them. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> um, and like the way the way the bad guys are portrayed in this film is unflinchingly brutal. You know, it is, uh, and and that's where the whiplash. So these characters are. You know, they're very cutesy, they're they're very nice, you know, you've got the little cat, the donkey, you know, they're quite funny, they have little funny lines. And then on the flip side of that, you have this brutal war film. Mm. Um you know Death and Dismemberment. It's quite grim because and it really, really never ever pulls its punches, um, which you know, you could say is fairly typical for this thing. We've We've talked about it a lot um, in, in, you know, crops up in lots of the stuff that we've reviewed. Um, so Trio, the one of the main characters, you know, his mother gets near the beginning of the film, gets crushed under this house, <laughs> um, you know, under the under rubble when um, the bad guys attack. Um, and Trio goes to check on his mum and you can see the bits of body and gets blood on him when he checks her. And, um, you know, there's this bit where the... Uh, the head baggy puts, um, you know, tortures people in his castle by putting them in a room and letting them get eaten alive by rats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there's just there's stuff like that. There's the the scene on the bridge where the you know as the um, the bad guys, you know, and this is where it's very re- reminiscent of like you know what happened in World War Two. You know, the Nazis roll into a town um, and lay down a load of kind of demands and laws and directives. The people are trying to flee. They're trying to cross a bridge and he's blocking them. Um, so the bad guy, he ends um, up, Carl, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he ends up, you know, they refuse to go. He ends up shooting them all in cold blood. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and again, you can see people getting shot with blood pouring out of them and bodies piling up. And yeah, it's just, it's, but, and then on the, Flip side, you've got these nice cutesy animals singing happy songs all the way through it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like, yeah. yeah. It's odd. It's odd. Because it, 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 it also has like um, a very unconventional story arc. And I get that it's yeah. about the Bremen 4. Yeah. But, um, you know, Trio gets thrown into, the, into a river and then you don't see him again yeah. for half an hour. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you don't see him again. And there's nothing even hinted at like him being okay. It just follows this odd journey of English speaking pets and you're like, Oh, this is the direction we're going now. Yeah, yeah. So then you've got this like alien that's buxom in a nightgown, finds her way yeah. through the explosions of a forest to 
and slips into this water like the Lady of the Lake. Um, yes. And and so you're left with a lot of questions early on. You're like, oh, I because th- you're. I, I almost thought that all right, we're 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 fated. There's, there's going to be this fated experience where uh, you know Toy he's gonna he's gonna run into um, or Trio is gonna run into this alien and then something else will happen. But no, like. True takes a long dip in the river. We see him in maybe thirty minutes' time, um, and then the four animals encounter and drag um, yes. her out of the out of the lake, uh, which begins a, yeah. just a very odd exposition dump. Yes, um, which basically kind of results in her going, um, "Humans are all warmongers, and I can't help you." And then she disappears. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, it's like it's down to you animals to make a difference, and then so what kind of message is that sending? Um, yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, it is what it is when that happens. Um, so they all become odd looking humans, yeah, and it's quite funny because, and this is where some of the you know tonal whiplash is quite jarring because there's bits like the, the donkey. You know, he's he still looks a bit like a donkey. I mean, he's mm. still got donkey esque features, even though he's a human. You mm. know, it's he's kind of looks a bit odd, and he, like he's always eating hay. You know, and they go off to get something to eat, and he brings back this great big cart of hay. Something yeah, that's they're right, all yeah. like, "Well, we can't eat that." You know, it's it's got all those kind of comedy beats for kids, which you know, kids will sit there and laugh at. Mm. Um, but then, as I say, it's got men, women, and children being slaughtered on a bridge um yeah yeah you know, I'm, ten, I'm not ten sure minutes beforehand i'm not sure who this movie's for yeah i'm not either yeah i i honestly don't know who it's for because it's yeah it's harrowingly like graphic yeah. when it comes to yeah. the the brutality of the killings and um and the regime that they're kind of i guess living under yeah um but it doesn't have an that like mind frame spin on it. How would I like um, Jojo Rabbit? I think would be a, the perfect film yes, yeah. to kind of equate it to in terms of like the tone I would have expected. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah, because it, it's still it's got this childlike wonder to these to this you know g- yeah. horrifying graphic uh, situations. Um, and the reality of it all. So uh, this this just seems to skip that beat between, well, I wouldn't say, you know, marching down the street at like the Pied Piper of a million kids um, singing a really jovial song is something that I'd expect to see in a film where I've just watched someone's mother get crushed. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's odd. It's got that, like you say, again, tone of whiplash. Um, so I'm not, try- I'm not sure what it's trying to pitch. Um, I understand the message, but... Hey. Yeah, because if I look at it kind of like as a pure war movie, mm. you know, it kind of works very well. It reminds me a lot of the the war movies, you know, the World War Two war movies that you used to get right, through right. the kind of late 60s and 70s, you know, a bit, uh, you know, there's a bit of, um, you know, Where Eagles Dale, Where, um, where the, the Wind Blows, landed, that kind of thing. Where, 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 mm. No, not really. Yeah, that's, I mean, no, that's, that's a bit mom. more cold. That's where my mind jumps yeah. to, where the wind blows, as like kind of an animated but serious. Yeah, you know that. I think, I think I could relate that more to the to the film we're going to review next. Yeah, Wind. Mm. 
where the wind blows actually um so hold that thought hold that thought mm. um you know it's got this thing where um adagio you know he's basically the resistance and builds up this resistance force which is kind of like the french underground resistance that fought the nazis during world war Two. right do you know what i mean there's lots of things that are analogous i can see as yeah, yeah. you know analogous to like kind of traditional and when this came out you know in 81 you know it's like all those films that you know those big war films that that were coming out um let's say during the 60s and 70s and stuff um and it and it, it plays out like that you know this because like some of those films you know there is a bit of an anti-war sentiment in mm. it because there's this like scene where allegro um the dog Mm. says he doesn't want to be a military dog anymore because and which is a scene that's basically reminiscent of you know the nazis doing the house searches during world war ii right. when they were looking for jews yeah yeah and he says um and he doesn't want to do it and he's just called you you're doing it because um it's his service for his country yeah which is basically kind of what a lot of yeah, the mentality. You know, people, yeah, the mentality was, you know, during the war, and, and especially... Um, they had no choice. You know, you mm. see, you know, kind of no choice kind of thing. Uh, people didn't want to do it, but they were forced to do it and told it was, you know, for the greater good kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it has all those all those elements, which to me, you know, I've watched a lot of war films, um, you know, over the years. Um, I, I can see it like that. But then there's these... Yeah, it's just these bits, and you have these animals and the music and the fun bits and the kiddie-looking characters, which all these animals can all talk, by the way, and they can all understand each other. And they get turned... Yeah, and it's just... You know, they then help the resistance overcome the Nazi leaders. <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's because it does have, like, a, like you say, it's almost like some of the quick tonal shifts in the movie... How overshadows some of the more poignant um, dialogue, yeah, parts uh, that are, that are like fermented by the by by the animal characters, you know, because they've got these, yeah, 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 they've got these, they've all got a, a very specific and set role, um, and they have like the poignant things like that, like the dog saying that, and yeah, it being reminiscent of the the house raids and searching for Jews, but then it goes down this. And I also really like the uh, the connection to the guerrilla leader um, who's using the puppeteering thing to kind of like tell yes, kids that yeah. this isn't right, what's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And you've got them working for where they become the Bremen Four, I guess. So they just pick up instruments yeah. and they're naturally amazing at it. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, okay, I guess this is the narrative we're going down this way. And then I, at that point, I was like, what's happening to Trio? <laughs> where are we going? Um, just, yeah, yeah. So, like, like I say, I do, I, I did miss some of those things because I was just generally confused about the routes yeah. we were taking and how many times it pivoted. Um, yeah, yeah. And it didn't, it didn't let up on those pivots either. It, it no. kept, it kept on going. And I, I'm not sure where we want to skip to in the story, but um, <laughs> where the, um, the the quote son of the invasion leader. Yeah. Um, that's where it kind of starts falling apart for me. Um, yeah, it's uh, Presto, isn't it? Or no, no, yeah, that's Carl, right. Carl, yeah. yeah, Carl Presto. Carl. Um, yeah. He's suddenly after throwing uh, Coda through all of this, uh, who's now human girl 
through all of these like yeah. harrowing events and uh you know her surviving the rat pit because well she's a cat and <laughs> the rats yeah. are scared of cats uh it suddenly develops feelings for her and then yeah. can't bring her himself to shoot her yeah um which feels like more of a convenience point to kind of push it forward than actual um the natural i don't know meaning it doesn't give it meaning yeah and then it and then and then you find out he was a robot so it's like what <laughs> <laughs> we were like yeah, that undermines um, everything that's just come before it because it's now now essentially devoids him of emotion it, it underpins yeah. everything oh. And his real son actually is um, Blackjack, who yeah, is spend- another Tezuka character, who's this, you know, guy who looks after and all the orphans yeah, and, he's looking and after stuff. You, and, you see yeah. him for three minutes. Yeah. He's got about um, three minutes of screen time, and then, he, and then it's like, Father! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's funny, like, it's funny with it, I think. It's funny with yeah, it. Yeah, because the orphans... As it gets in- in- Carry on. No, no, go on, finish what you're saying. I was like, the orphan scene makes sense because I was like, oh, this is trio. This is where we're going to yeah, kind of yeah, get the meld yeah. of like, yeah, this guy yeah. looks like a main character. He's got the black and white kind of partitioned hair. Uh, the Bremen four are going to team up with this guy and then use something to um, go and undermine the regime. But that didn't yeah. happen. They just kind of went and did their own thing again. Yeah, because as it builds up and you get into the kind of big final confrontation, hmm. With um, the real Cole um, and General Presto, who is Cole's father and who's mm. the um, head bad guy, um, and it gets down to they—he basically unleashes this, you know, kind of robot which has got this, you know, nuclear bomb on it, and they've got to disarm the nuclear bomb. So, as we keep talking about in a lot of these, you know, nuclear paranoia was very, very prevalent because um, it even goes to the point of showing like. A nuclear they, they have this premonition mm. having the nuclear explosion with, and they use real live you know real um, live action video mm. um, of a nuclear test explosion um, mm. to do it as they're kind of fearing what's going to happen when when this bomb goes off yeah um, which again is like really um, kind of and then another little sequence that's really harrowing it's strange because you have the four animals, the Bremen four, you know, they have, there's this kind of Pied Piper scene, which is quite jolly. Hmm. Um, and at the end where they're getting all the other characters, you know, once they've defeated Carl, um, or they've defeated, you know, the, the bad guys and stuff. And you get um, all these other Tezuka characters like Unico and Kimber all, all in that end sequence. Um, and hmm. it's a very happy ending. Uh, yeah, it's just, um, so I've watched it like two or three, I've watched it three times now, mm. and each time I enjoy watching it. It's and this is what I I do struggle with. I've I've watched it as I said at the beginning. It's a very tight, nicely paced ninety minutes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It plays. It's got good character arcs. The characters are interesting. The story's interesting. But every time I watch it, I'm watching it. I'm still always got this question. Who's that I can't for? answer is who is it for? Yeah. Um, it's like it's not a kids film, no, um, and it's just but, not quite an adult film either. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's I think that's almost a testament. This this thing stands on its own as like yeah, a, it's yeah. a unicorn of its field. Mm. Because I like I I'd agree. Like I I we've watched far more incomprehensible 
animes on this yes. podcast. And like yeah. this whole thing has somehow managed to still work in character arcs. Mm. Um albeit some of them haphazard. The like the the, the all, like you say all the animals have their moment again where where you know their mom- their time as humans is kind of no longer going to get them where they need to go. So they take off that gift from the alien to make them human and then they use their animal form to Yes. To to overcome the hurdle. So that's their art. Yeah. You know, that's them going back to the um Yeah. And exactly. they do they do that one by one, which is like a really, you know, cleverly done, I think. Um, yeah, and I think that's a really, really good like that element of the film I think is really, really good. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um and I think yeah, so for some reason that's in ninety minutes it still manages to hit its beats. But it's also mm. like hitting kicks, snares, cymbal bashes, <laughs> gongs, all off. It's like yeah. this orchestra. But if you really hone yeah. in on the orchestra, you can be like, "Oh, there's the music." Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, it's very odd because the thing is, it's like you know, it's a really well produced film. It's got really nice animation. You know, it does look nice. It's very fluid, mm. very you know, quite nice detailed. The music in it is uh, you know, it does kind of overplay that that kind of song, you know, it's that very dynamic yeah. uh, you know, sort of song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. um, it, it gets in with that, with that song um, right at the beginning. You have, a, you have a little text crawl that kind of explains yeah. the kind of background. And then you get into this very sort of upbeat, colourful opening uh, music, you know, opening credit sequence. Um and then you kind of get into the film, which then very quickly gets very dark very quickly. Um, so you're in, you're into that. You're into the like, oh right, oh yeah, this is oh wow, mm, I'm not wow, that's shocking. Um, <laughs> oh, this is funny, this is good. Christ, um, well, yeah, oh my god, look at that. Yeah. You know, it's um, underpinned by the motif. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah. It's, it's an, it's odd an one. interesting film. It's a unicorn. It's an odd it's, one. It's, it, I can't even. Yeah, is, I can't yeah. even place it on a on a pedestal or anything else like that. It's one of those things that you discover on the shelf later on, and we go, "Oh God, yeah, I remember that." Yeah, yeah you're right. Because I do struggle to like. What would I compare this to? I, I don't. Like, I don't know. I don't. I'm think not sure can. what I would compare it to. And the thing is, there are lots of films around this age, like Ringing Bell and the Unico films, which. Again, on the face of it, are very cutesy animal films, but mm. actually, the film content is very dark, yeah, and has some quite kind of harrowing moments in in stuff. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it doesn't it's it not, doesn't shy away from it. No, so it's not like it's unique in that respect, mm. but it's just yeah, as we have said many times, you know, it's just that con- mix of content. Um, yeah, 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 but. I like. I would wholeheartedly recommend people to go and watch it. Yeah, I think. You know, I think I've, I would. I think I would too. As I said, I've seen it multiple times and enjoyed it. You know, mm. and not watched it and gone and thought, "Oh, that's just ninety minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back." I would happily go and watch this film again a few years down the line. You know, mm. it's um, it's aimed at kids, but it's just not a kids' film. Yeah, no, yeah. it is not a kids' film. I would not let my child watch it. Yeah, I mean, like my grandchildren and your nephews, yeah, three and seven, yeah, absolutely would not let them watch no, this. No, God no. <laughs> and it, it it gets some of it back towards the end. It's almost like it, it 
Yeah. It gets some of that well, maybe it, angle yeah. back towards the end, but it does, but it just gets silly rather than... It does, and that maybe like that end sequence bit, once they've, they've actually defeated the commander guy, mm. um, it does get back into that, and it does get back into that kind of true kids' film yeah. kind of territory again, like it did it through the opening sequence. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it is It is a, a tonal mismatch, um, mm. and it is an orchestra mess. But mm. there is, somewhere within it, there is melody. <laughs> yeah, there is a good film yeah. in, in this film. Um, yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, I've given this a seven, right? Because mm. I think it's, it's not great. It's not amazing uh, kind of thing. You know, it's not a a ghost in the shell or something, you know, which we've rated very highly previously yeah. or something like, or Arium, yeah. um, you know, which I think is an absolutely outstanding film. Um, but it's a lot, lot better than a lot of other very mediocre films that I've watched. You know, as I say, I would recommend it. So, yeah, yeah. this is a, this is a, this is one I think, you know, people could watch and have drastically different opinions on. Um, mm. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I, th- yeah. I think, you know, you could either rate it like a, a four or or an eight, depending on your inclination. Yeah. And I I yeah. would probably give it a six point five with an asterisk. Like it could lean towards <laughs> a seven, but I've given better films a seven. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, okay, it, yeah, six point five from me. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to our um, next interesting film in this podcast. <laughs> Penguin's Memory. Right, so our second review today, Penguin's Memory, A Tale of Happiness. So a little bit of background to this. Penguin's Memory, Shiawasi Monogatari, uh, is a 1985 movie directed by Shunji Kimura, um, who was mainly a TV commercial director. um, And this would actually be his only anime credit um, as a director. Um, With animation production by KK C&D Asia, going under the name of Animation Staff Room um, because there were a number of contract uh, issues going on at the time when this was being made um, and it ties into the, the commercials bit as well. Um, again, not released in the West and again, uh, thanks to Orphan Fan Subs for putting out a very, very good quality uh, fan sub of this film. Uh, so synopsis, Mike is a penguin soldier who returns home after being injured during combat. Estranged from his family and friends, he leaves his hometown and starts to roam adrift through the country. So, as I said at the start of the uh, podcast, there is a bit of an interesting story to how I ended up finding this film. Hmm. 
So, um, so when we were in Japan, we discovered Suntory, the premium malt beer. Oh, which, like, and it is the, some some beer. And it is some beer. I mean, it is an exceptionally good beer. Um, so on our first day in Tokyo, we stopped in a, um, you know, on our sort of travels around and what we're doing, we stopped to have a drink. Um, and uh, the bar didn't serve Asahi, which was, you know, standard go-to beer. And they had the premium mug. So we're like, well, we'll try that. And it was like a revelation. <laughs> it was open. It was like, oh, my God, this stuff's amazing. You know, mm. um, it's a very, very good beer. So once we returned to the UK, uh, I was searching for Suntory, trying to find it. Um, there was only for other people in the UK. You can buy it in the UK from the Japan Centre in London. Um, but it is horrendously expensive. It's, yeah, it's around £7.50 um, £7. per 330ml. But uh, it's, yeah. it's worth it. I think it. it's about a fiver, isn't it? Is it a fiver? It's about a, about a fiver a can, but oh, it is yeah. extraordinarily expensive. Oh, yeah, I'm way off, yeah. <laughs> but it is... Um, but it, but it's the only place you can buy it. Yeah, um, worth trying. So uh, good pilsner. But it is worth trying. Yeah, it's an amazing pilsner. So anyway, trying to find Suntory beer. I then came across these Suntory beer adverts, um, which were made back in, uh, well, which were released on Japanese TV between 1983 and 1984. Uh, they were animated and they featured these characters, Mike and Jill, and they kind of tell this kind of very melancholic story. And then off the back of that, then found it led to this film. So, um, yeah, I'll put a link out to the adverts because you can see all the, the, the full sequence of adverts on, on YouTube. So you can see where this film came from. Anyway, so Suntory decided to like kind of serialize these commercials um, because there was a lot of interest, uh, public interest, in the song that was being used. Um, so it was one of those things that started off quite small, but then kind of grew. Because um, the song was uh, it was un- uncredited in, in the initial commercial, um, but it was by a, a popular idol called uh, Seiko uh, Masuda. So the success of these commercials basically got this guy, Shinji Kimura, who had made them, and, and he got a, a film off the back of it. Um, so according to the original creator of the, the film, Takeo Nagasawa. The inspiration came from um, some remarks from Suntory copywriter Yuiji Watanabe, where he said, I travelled wondering when I was young and, and I wanted to be a librarian. And, and these remarks basically then created the story that we've got today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, and the film that we then got and what we're about to review um, is essentially the deer hunter in anime form with cutesy animal penguins um, penguins as, as characters yeah, um the penguin mascots themselves <laughs> yeah. it's it's so <laughs> so so like bremen 4 this is another very jarring watch um yeah again <laughs> Like Remen 4, it doesn't pull any punches and it kind of gets into it. So basically, Mike and some comrades starts off with him. So Mike is a soldier fighting in the Delta War, which for all intents and purposes is the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. You know, the uniforms, the weapons, the environment they're fighting in, the use of the Huey helicopter and the tactics it is that mm-hmm. they are fighting in Vietnam. Um, so it opens up with this 
like actually I think very very effective scene which uh, you've got this kind of harmonica plane and then it kind of is quiet and then it builds up with the holi- the uh, helicopters appearing which does remind me a little bit of Apocalypse Now where you've got um, you know the doors playing mm. and it's that subtle thing and then the helicopters turn up and you see the you know the, the forest or the jungle going up in flames yeah um, so it's got that kind of opening to it um, but despite not kind of not having um, been sort of particularly gory in its violence it's you know it's really brutal um, is, you know one of yeah the scenes are excruciating yeah. <laughs> so essentially you've, you've got this Vietnam War film is essentially what it is and right from the, the beginning as we said there's this bit in the jungle where Mike's comrades get killed and then he then comes home and then he kind of faces this kind of alienation um he comes home and his family are, are happy and they treat him as a hero and he doesn't feel like a hero um hmm. and like he can't sort of adjust he, he doesn't fit in he, he's fed you know he's kind of asked all these inappropriate questions about you know did he kill people how many people did he kill and then one night he walks out yeah um and he kind of travels and this and then he's kind of got this you know on-off girlfriend Jill who who he then meets up with and, and they kind of reconcile and, and, and it leads to a happy ending um, but it's just like this I, th- I just thought this film though was just really really effective it's um, I would say is unforgivable how good it is <laughs> while using yeah. penguins as his main yeah. characters <laughs> Because, Absolutely. Because the only thing I felt more longing for was, geez, I wish there was more emotion in these faces. Or like, I yeah. wish there was a way to portray a little bit more here. Um, but you know what? It is what it is with the, with the, with the penguins. I think it's also yeah. effective how like they're not, they're just, the way they're animated, they're incapable of showing too much emotion. It's uh, yeah. very much a show, don't tell kind of thing. It's, it's, yes. it's, it's really clever how like another, draw between the two is that musical motif that comes back but this one is far more effective yeah, because it's yeah. rather than upbeat and you know aimed at kids it's way more melancholy um and because hum- it uses the harmonica um, yeah, and then yeah. that keep that motif keeps coming back throughout his journey as he's uh entering these new spaces and i think yeah. it was great the way he comes like he leaves home one night, leaves one thing for his sister, who's the only one who, who's the only one who got bought him any yeah. semblance of peace while he's at home. Yeah. Um, leaves her a present and then wanders off into the night and, you know, she sees him go. You never hear from that side of the things again, but no. it's because it's about him and his, his, his coming to terms with what's happened. Yeah. Uh, and the trauma he's got from it. And then it's, it's really, I think the, it's yeah, like it's it's a really human story told through the lens of penguins. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's unforgivable how good it is for that reason. Yeah, I know, I know. Because um, that scene you just talked about, like the the way it's framed, and like you know, the sister just the like that look on her face, but just the whole thing. She's just stood there, and he's just he's not looked back. He's just walked away. Mm. Um, and a, you know this young sister who's obviously a lot younger than him you know she's quite a young child and almost the heartbreak in hmm. in him leaving and just walking out of her life um you know it's just 
it's just so effective. Yeah. You know, it's really heart-wrenching when mm. you do it. And he gets into this this lonely journey where he just drifts, um, you know, and he becomes, he wants a peaceful life, you know, he wants to leave the horrors of, of war behind him because, mm. you know, he's one of, you know, his two main comrades um, in, in the war, you know, one yeah, gets never... shot right in front of him trying to help him and then, they get rescued by helicopter, and again, this other bit—the he's he's hanging by the the rail, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he like the helicopter next like, to them. swerves to avoid a a, a rocket, mm. um, and he and he falls, and again, just that he's looking down, and he sees he sees this penguin guy, gorilla like outfit. penguin gorilla, yeah, um, like you know, outfit um, in like yeah, what's his name? Al, Al, yeah. his name is um, Al. You see him falling with this like look of horror on his face as he's fall into his inevitable death and you know and Mike having to live with that yeah um, and stuff and it's just like and you know all the PTSD that he deals with you know his loneliness you know he hits rock bottom where he's just kind of he's in, in his underground bare knuckle fights to just kind of trying to trying to feel again yeah exactly to, to feel again took the words right out of my mouth yeah it's just the way it portrays all that and like his despair with his life and, and everything uh, I, it's just it truly is as effective as any Vietnam War film that came out of Hollywood yeah. in that respect I think I mean it is just that de- that whole depiction of you know as I say PTSD loneliness alienation everything mm. is just nuanced to perfection, I yeah. think. Yeah, because he doesn't have many like lines. No, very few. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't. He, there's not much dialogue coming from Mike. Um, yeah, and it all kind of happens. He, I think the, the, he speaks the most when he's in the bunker with his uh, in in, mm. the, in the start of the film, and then after that, he's like just totally damaged. Yeah, um, and it's like that journey of him learning to love himself again, and yeah, also making like. You know, allowing himself to be capable of happiness. Yeah, because he finds this kind of peaceful life in the library, doesn't he? Yeah, he likes books and he likes yeah. reading, and he he finds this. He starts to find this kind of inner tranquility mm. and inner peace. Um, but then, you know, there's this girl Jill, and you get this parallel story with her, you know, and her long lost mother and the manipulative producer mm. um, who's trying to exploit her, and he's only just looking at the dollar signs in his eyes kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And how Mike then, you know, kind of reconciles with her and, you know, their, their relationship then kind of develops and how he helps her and like, is it on or is, is it off and, and all the rest of it. Um, like just, I, it's just brilliant. And you've you've got several, and it's quite, you know, in that respect, it's quite a complex film because you do have these kind of several, you know, strands to the film, you know, these, these, parallel threats that that all end up kind of overlapping and then kind of coming together and and neatly kind of tying up towards the end and then you know as i said it does come with this quite a nice happy ending for mike and jill um Mm. but what i found really interesting is that the that melancholic tone of mike and jill's relationship through the adverts is like completely reproduced um this almost is like a continuation of their story. Like it's, it's like a broader, yeah. it's the broader story behind it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You create a little penguin universe 
with yeah. I mean these are all like and all the character dynamics and and um I guess the arcs are something you've if you've seen a lot of films you you know them like you know where yeah. it's going yeah you know the um you you know the pressure points and stuff like that so it's not I wouldn't say it's like surprising in any way um to no. a, to no. any viewer but like how well it's executed doesn't matter it doesn't doesn't make it any any less yeah. poignant um yeah there there are times where like you you it's so good that I found myself wishing that they weren't just penguins in that situation to prevent, convey more emotion. And I was like, but that defeats the whole point of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, executed like phenomenally, really. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're spot on there. Because like, you know, so I first saw this a few years ago and like I've seen lots and lots of Vietnam. You know, I've seen mm. all of the, the sort of, major Vietnam films and some of the ones that come out, you know, have actually come out of um, Vietnam and, and Asia and stuff as well. Mm. And there's nothing, as you say, as a, from a story point of view, there's nothing here that's new to me. Right. Yeah. But it, it's just the execution and it's just spot on. And I've watched this film three times now and it's just like, I just, I really, really like it. Um, you know, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just very, very effective, but it's, um, the thing is, it does. It's a mascot come, film. <laughs> yeah, like I still struggle a little bit, like with Bremen Four. It's a bit like, who's this for? Because on the face of it, it's very, it's a very kiddie, you know, child-like looking film. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, yeah, uh, yeah, because um, it's, it's 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 like its story is very adult. Um, yeah, and it's it's a massive. They're they're, they're yeah. beer mascots, so yeah, it's an adult thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I, if I, if I really like Suntory, would I then go and see a Vietnam War movie with the mascots in it? Probably not. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of like, and it, because it takes itself so seriously in the story. Yeah. There's moments where like, you're like, oh, I'm not sure if that works for me. Because they're penguins, <laughs> like, and I'm not sure why that is. Like, and I, I don't like discredit it anywhere because it is, it is, it. I guess again, a unicorn. It's it's its own masterpiece in a way. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely, it does yeah. like if it. You know, I, I I don't know if if making the penguins human would make it more or less special. <laughs> um, yeah. I think yeah. I think I don't know. That's the thing. I don't I don't I don't have any notes for this film because <laughs> it's like I don't think it would have been better without the penguins, and I do think it would have been better without the penguins. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know because the animation's cool. Like, the, yeah, the, it's it's beautifully presented. Yeah, I mean, I think the animation. I mean, I think like the opening sequence and the use of color. Um, and, and contrast and stuff, I think is amazing. I think beyond that, I think it's animation is the animation is never bad, but it's quite simplistic. Yeah, yeah, very much. I think it's, it, I, I think it's, um, it's very fluid. You know, it's not like they skimp on any cell counts or anything like that. You know, it all plays beautifully. But it, but because of the nature of the character designs and yeah. the world in keeping in tying in with the look of the commercials, yeah. it's you know the 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 artwork and animation therefore is quite simplistic um mm. and that's where you know you can imagine kids seeing the artwork and and it really appealing to to children yeah. um 
But then, as you say, it's a beer commercial aimed at adults. Mm. Um, so you then expect adults to go and see the film. Um, but then it's very cutesy looking. Yeah. Um, and despite it, its really yeah. sort of serious subject matter. And there's like narrative dissonance, really, when you've got like a, a confrontational sequence. Um, and, you know, he uses his flipper to punch someone in the face. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then it's like this, like meant to be this intense moment. And he just waddles out of the restaurant, yeah. <laughs> and it, it just like it's moments like that. It's like, is it taking itself too seriously? But how else yeah. would it be able to tell the story? And, yeah. and why yeah. this story as well? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's almost like it's almost like he was given an opportunity, and he had a really really solid screenplay. Yeah, and he was like, oh. Christ, I guess the only way I'm ever going to get this screenplay out is if I if I take this opportunity with these mascots. So I guess they're yeah. all penguins now. Because it's like the dialogue and everything else is written like they're not. Like, obviously. Yes, exactly. It, it's, yeah. Nothing acknowledges its own, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it. Nothing really. It yeah. doesn't acknowledge itself in that way. It takes itself no. pace by pace incredibly seriously. Um, yeah. And, you know. It, and if that's the case, what, why do that then? Because they're no longer beer mascots. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's odd. It's odd. You know, and that's why I kind of struggle with it a little bit. Um, and, you know, and as you're saying, like, where the wind blows. Because mm. um, that, again, you know, it's Raymond Briggs who produces, like, you know, very kind of dark yeah. stories and whatever. But... The really kind of watercolour soft look of the animation and artwork against, you know, a really, really sad and harrowing story. Yeah. Um, which, you know, if you've ever watched it, you know, you you know, it's a very oh, clear, you know, anti war, anti nuclear war film, mm. you know. Um and it's and again it's kind of like, well, it's it's painted and animated with a very young you know like a cutesy kid kind of pleasing aesthetic mm. and then it's this harrowing story which is for much older people yeah um and it, but it is for all is, ages that's with that where yeah we watched it in well, i think i was like 13 yeah yeah and it's and it's one of those things it's raymond briggs and it's, it's pitched at all ages yeah. um but you know the content in in that particular i think is you know it is quite Oh, scared. you know, I can I can understand how that film would me. terrify. It terrified yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the same way, like Threads terrified adults in in the early eighties um, as well. But so, and that's where I just, as much as I really, really do like this film, that's where I kind of I struggle with it a little bit. The, all the things I struggle with are exactly the things you've just said. Mm. Um, it's so, such a uh, serious film. Yeah, with such. The dissonant characters, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I don't, I can't, I can't relate to them. I, I can relate to their to their trauma. Uh, well, I say, you know, I can empathize with their trauma, and I can see the beats, yes. and like yeah. I can see everywhere where it's going, and I think it's brilliant. But it's lost on me the tender moments and the serious confrontational moments are lost on me because they're penguins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, penguins. and that's. And that's exactly, and I mean, that's exactly where I am with it. Mm. Um, it's exactly where I am with it. Because, um, yeah, because I'm giving it an eight. Yeah, I'll oh give yeah, this an eight. I think it's an eight out of yeah. ten. 
I think it's an um, eight out of ten. It's, it's it like again, it's a unicorn. It's 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 yeah. something that you'd have to form your own opinion on. It's it it stands on its on its own two flippers. Yeah, off to the side, and and yeah. people can point and be like, "That happened. That yeah. happened," and I watched it. <laughs> yeah, because because I don't know anywhere. I don't. I can't. I cannot equate it to anything. It's too yeah. strange. Yeah. You know, and some of the things that, that go on in it, because um, like I know, like we had a neighbour who lived across the road from us who was a who fought in the the Vietnam War and was wounded and and like had proper PTSD from it. Mm. And when I worked with um, when I was working with a company in the in the US, um, there were you know there were lots of people who were of an age that that served during the war well, and you could see some of them were right and. You know, you, you could see how they kind of affected, and and some of them still lived with what they went through. Mm. You know, thirty years prior, uh, or whatever, mm. forty years prior. Um, so, like, and and I can see some. You know, I can see how that is represented and depicted yeah. in this film, and, and so I th- I think it's like absolutely spot on. But yeah, well, put and, it this like, way. Th- Put it this way: if 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 you were to completely remove every penguin from that movie and replace them, change the art style slightly and replace them with you know animated characters like the standard anime characters you'd expect yeah. to see, it'd be a nine point five out of ten. Yeah, because then you, you you could like, then you've got more freedom of expression and animating the characters' faces in yeah. intended moments yeah. rather than like you know two bulging eyes and a beak. Like yeah. it is it is it is. So unique yeah. because of the fact that it is penguins, and it's it's yeah. it makes it, I guess, maybe more digestible. But if it was, if you if you swap them out for actual human characters, yeah, you'd yeah. have a very very good Vietnam War film about yeah. about you know coming back from war and reintegrating yourself and finding love. You'd have a really solid story, which yeah, is why I'm like, yeah. did he have this screenplay ready that he'd been like? Sat on for a while and then was like, "Sod it, we'll put, we'll make them penguins." Yeah, because it's almost like it just seems like a, a strange leap. Well, well, the thing is, yeah, because he was obviously constrained by the fact that he had to provide this continuation of the adverts, which had these penguin characters in it. Yeah, but I agree with you. I, I still struggle with the leap from those adverts to gritty Vietnam War film. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't reconcile that very well um in my mind because like you say does it is, was this the idea was this the film he always wanted to make yeah and the only opportunity he had to make it was off the back of these commercials and yeah. therefore had to have these cutesy penguin characters in it yeah um, it's like because that's the question i guess isn't it it's like was his yeah was his was his adverts with the jazz bar and the music and the the, the yeah. relationship between them influenced by his pre-written screenplay or was his screenplay written influenced yeah. by these jazz bars and this fighter-esque yeah, kind of relationship because yeah. then because i i personally would believe that in my head his adverts were inspired by his already pre-written screenplay yeah potentially yeah because it's fun to speculate it is fun to speculate because I, I you know i can't find anything further than than what i found and i can't find anything else on the internet, um, even that's kind of translated, the stuff that's in you know Japanese text that, that Google's translated um, that suggests anything otherwise, because um, mm. there is actually quite a bit in like 
you know, there's quite a bit of Japanese, um, page, you know, language pages about this film on the internet, but nothing that essentially kind of gives anything more away. Because, like, if you look at films like Barefoot Gen or uh, Grave of the Fireflies or In This Corner of the World, you know, which I think mm. are all very, very, very good yeah. animated war films, um, kind of anti-war films, that, you know, are just like, you know, all of them I'd give nine out of ten. I mean, In This Corner of the World, I think is like a ten out of ten film. I, I think that is just mm. an amazingly well-crafted and well-told story in that. Um, and again, the nuance and the the emotional weight that you get from like what you can express in the characters faces um like you know would so would this story have been told better like that potentially yes um but but part of me and again it's one of the things i've kind of juggled with it's like but does this film work for me because it is those characters i don't know it's um, it's a unicorn it it is a unicorn yeah yeah like I, i we can say oh yeah you know like it'd be better with human characters but I don't know if it would make it. Yeah, I don't know if it would make it. If it would make it something completely different, or is it, this is just yeah. so special because it's penguins? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I mean. Does this film really, really does it work so well for me? Because it's you know these char- penguin characters that are telling this horrible story. Yeah, all this you know. Does it make it more digestible, or does it like yeah, yeah. like what, what's going on? Yeah. I, I I honestly yeah. don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. But I just, all I would say is, like, you, it's easily to get and just. Oh, yeah. yeah watch it. You have watch to. It. It, it, it'll yeah. blow your mind. It's, it's the last thing I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, yeah, 8 out of 10. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. cinephiles are you looking for a movie analysis podcast that stands above the rest then look no further than collateral cinema the only movie podcast that matters we analyze good movies we analyze bad movies and yes we also analyze the in-betweens of the world of cinema so if you like what you hear find us on facebook instagram and twitter and listen to us on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts and yes my friends we are 420 friendly so when you listen to us smoke it if you've got it so that brings us to the end of our reviews today. Um, yeah, very interesting. And I mean, I, you can probably see now why I pulled those two films together. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they are both incredibly unique and stand on their own two yeah. feet in, a, in wild and exasperated ways. There's common themes that run through both films. Mm. Um, you know, the characters and the, the kind of war and anti-war stories. Um, but then they're just, yeah, absolutely unique. They're bonkers bits of bonkers bits of artwork yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Yes. So, uh, so anyway, next time um, we'll be reviewing a couple of rip-offs of the film Alien um, with reviews of Roots, Search and Hell Target. Um, so the one that everybody most knows about um, is Lily Cat, which is available from Discotech. Um, we might throw Lily Cat into the mix with that, um, but that's the one that typically everyone's seen, but there were quite a few um, uh, sort of alien-influenced clones that, that came out through the sort of mid-80s. Um, so mid to late 80s so um yeah we'll we'll have those um which again could i think will provide some interesting uh discussion where to find us you can find us on twitter at retro anime podcast is hosted on soundcloud but you can find us on itunes spotify TuneIn, podbean all those places where um podcast rss feeds are held so just search for retro anime podcast and you can find us uh, please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. It all kind of helps with the uh, visibility of the podcast. Mm. I'm quite active on the Anime UK News Forums, where my username is Orgun, uh, O-R-G-U-N. Please follow my other podcast, uh, Retromecha Podcast, at Retromecha, and all the same hosting services as this place. So there we have it. Mm. Another um, one down. Another one down. Yes, but I would. I'm going to say again, but please go and check these films out. Oh yeah, they yeah. are just like I think they're so valuable as part of like anime history, and I think it just they go to kind of show that like diversity in and anime as well, which they, yeah. I think they're, they're people don't really understand. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they are spectacularly unique. Yeah, um, yeah. One of one of my favorites of uh, podcasts. This one, just for the for the material. Very interesting. Cool. Ah, oh, that's. Uh, I'm very happy about that. I'm very <laughs> happy about that. Yeah. I was looking forward to these because I just felt their uniqueness. I, it was just uh, there was just a lot to kind of unpack with both films. Yeah. I think yeah. especially Penguin's memory. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. You could you could sit on these for. That. Yeah. You could talk about these yeah. by, scene by scene for hours. Yeah. You uh, really, really could. Yeah. 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 Yes, I encourage you all to go and check them out. Uh, thank you for listening. Cool. So on that note, we'll say uh, goodbye. We'll see you next time. Bye, Lewis. Bye for now. See you next time. opening and closing music of the podcast is the opening theme to Brave of the Sun Firebird, copyright to Sunrise Studios. All other music used within the podcast is copyright to its respective creator.